This is Bryn, covering the Pac-12. I'm Mark, I'm covering the Big Ten. And together we make the In and Given Saturday CFB podcast, giving you live up-to-date information, and week recaps, and week previews for weeks to come. Mark with my good friend Brennan, and we got a pretty good podcast here for you today. Uh, we got a good amount of stuff to dive into, not only just scores and stats, but some big news, some big games, and... Uh, what I would consider uh, some big upsets, uh, at least on the Big Ten side. Uh, yeah, not too much on the Pac-12 side. No, no, no. Pac-12 kind of went the way that I kind of saw it going. Um, so let's just let's just dive right in. Uh, right, before we start, I just want to give a big thanks to you. You know, I know it's pretty late right now, but let's get this podcast knocked out. <laughs> yeah, it it is late. It's it's midnight here, but I mean. It is what it is, man. Uh, I, I, I'm lucky to have a wife that understands and really wants uh, really wants us to go somewhere, or, or as you like to call her, what is it? What do you call her? Oh, the senior uh, marketing manager. <laughs> yeah, senior marketing manager. <laughs> All right. Uh, so before we dive into the games, though, uh, I do want to say, if you're out there and you're listening. If you have a shot, go check out Post Malone. I'm dead serious, man. Like I was skeptical. It, it's not my genre of music, but I went. I had a fantastic time. That dude can put on a show, man. Hey, like, so are you the oldest person there, or what? No, no. The dude next to me was. Uh, he was about my age. He had a big old beard, white boy. Like he just. He was like me. We didn't belong. But <laughs> sports news. Guess who I saw there. I don't think I told you this yet. No, you haven't. You really haven't talked about the. Okay, so like where we were at, like where Post Malone like performs is, he has a catwalk and he doesn't have like a big stage. Like he puts on a big pyrotechnics and big lasers or whatever, but he doesn't have like a huge stage that he stands up on and all this. He has a catwalk, so he walks up and down the catwalk. Well, at the end of the catwalk in the Pepsi Center was like the mix table, and that's like where he had like like 10 computers there and you know people mixing his music or whatever yeah and i think it was like a vip box because i was standing there and i was looking at it and i was just seeing all the people come up and then i see the, like these two huge black dudes walk up in security shirts and they're like making a way and no shit von miller walks up <laughs> like dude i was like 20 yards away from von miller did you get and, an autograph no, nah, dude. He was there to see a concert. Like he just got his ass whooped on Sunday. Like I wasn't about to be like, "Hey, let me get your autograph." Like, no, nah, I'm good, man. But um, and then me and the wife, like we we left the concert and we ended up going out with Amanda and her friend. And actually, uh, you you know Car. You do you know? Yeah, car? yeah, know yeah, car. yeah. So we went out with her. And uh, wait, I thought Car was a dude. No, car's a chick. Sarn car. Staff Sarn car. Oh, works up in Essex. Yeah. yeah, the um, uh, chemical. Yeah, yeah, the Seaburn chick. Yeah, we all went out and had a good time. And then when we were out, my wife was, uh, she was scrolling Instagram. And as you know, I'm a huge. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that one. Um, uh, I'm a huge Diamondbacks fan. And so. I was uh, I was out and I followed Jake Lamb and Archie Bradley on Instagram, and they were there. 
and I am so pissed off because they were, they were literally like, like how the Pepsi Center set up is you have the lower bowl, but then you have the box seats, and then you have the upper bowl. Yeah. They were in the box seat right above us, and then like when they left the arena, the picture they took was in the same like concourse that we walked out of. So at some point. They were standing like right next to me, and I did not see them. Like I'm, I'm super upset. <laughs> so I don't know. I, it was kind of cool, man. It was kind of cool to see like, you know, the famous people there. And uh, Post Malone put on a hell of a show. Swally opened up for him, and uh, definitely, definitely a good concert. And if you have a shot, man, go check out Post Malone. Like I, I don't know if that's your type of music. Like I, I, I've known you for three years, and I can't really even tell you what type of music you listen <laughs> to. But if you can, man, go check them out. It, awesome awesome concert so all right let's, do you want to dive into the big 10 since we still have a game going on in the pac 12 i wouldn't even call it a game but yeah I, I can jump in um so week 12 do you uh go ahead and pull up our picks um i'll kind of go over like the games and stuff and then um just you want me to read off all the picks or just the ones for each just, just like when i go into it so like the first game i'm going to is ohio state Rutgers. we both picked ohio state yeah, that was um, a pretty easy pick. A very easy pick. Very easy game. Did you get to watch any of that? Uh, I saw highlights. Uh, I was kind of watching the ticker board uh, when this game was going on with this one because it wasn't even a game that interests me. Um, Ohio State rolled fifty six twenty one, and what I want to what I want to take away from this game, uh, not just the stats. Uh, Justin Fields fifteen and nineteen, three hundred five yards for four touchdowns. Uh, J.K. Dobbins ran for 89 yards and two scores. Uh, it's just – and we made a comment about this when uh, Matt Leinert and Reggie Bush and Brady Quinn and Urban Meyer were putting up their picks on Fox was the disrespect that Ohio State's getting. And, yes, they're ranked number two in the college football playoff. They're 10-0. and 0. But I feel like if they could get away with it, they wouldn't even put Ohio State in the college football playoff. And coming from somebody who watches the Big Ten and really pays attention to when I see a dominant team, 56 points in the Big Ten is not an easy feat. And Ohio State does it week in, week out. They put up 50-plus. They look dominant. Justin Fields doesn't even look like he's been challenged all year. So, I mean, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think that they wouldn't put him in there because obviously our D coach, Urban Meyer, would obviously be – I didn't add play, sorry – D coach Urban Meyer wouldn't not put his team in there because he tweets about them every week that they win. Uh, I just think they should be number one. I don't think they should be number three or number four. I think that's pretty disrespectful because they definitely are the most complete team. I think the only reason that LSU is getting put up there and why LSU is number one is one, SEC biased. But... I mean, they did beat Alabama, though. That is a resume win. You you have respect for that. That's why I don't... I won't argue too much about... LSU being number one, but I think if if you move Ohio State out of that two spot to something lower, I think that's pretty disrespectful. Because already kind of disrespectful to put them in the number two spot because they're blowing teams out. Well, I mean, I think that's where the conundrum comes in is because some people on the other side of the token with Ohio State, it feels like Clemson is being disrespected. Because Clemson is the defending national champion. They embarrassed Alabama on national television. Beat the I can't even tell you the score, but I know it was like forty to seventeen, just rough ball in the national championship game. I know that's not right, but it was something like that. Um, and so with Clemson being ranked number five, they were disrespected. They're undefeated, and then 
Now they're ranked number three only because Alabama. You know, obviously they lost to LSU and then Oklahoma. Or who was number four last week? It was uh, Penn State. Penn, Penn State, State yeah. lost to Minnesota. And so Clemson can move up by default over those two teams that lost. And so my question to you. 44 to 16 was the score. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something ridiculous. But my question to you is who is getting more disrespected when it comes to college football playoff rankings and all that between Ohio State and Clemson? Like, who do you feel like is getting more disrespected? Uh, I think Ohio State because Clemson lost a lot of that defensive power to the NFL draft. I'm not saying that Clemson's not a good team by any means, but I think if you go by conference, Big Ten is definitely stronger than the than the uh, ACC. Oh, absolutely. In Ohio State, yes, they have had some pretty weak teams, but they've also been blowing teams out like a Wisconsin. Like we talked about last week, 38 to, what was it, zero or seven? No, thirty. I think it was 38-14. Let me look it up. But, but anyway, they scored thirty eight points against the Wisconsin team. That was thirty eight to seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a blowout, pretty much, against the Wisconsin team. So I just I haven't seen a more complete team this year, other than Ohio State. Because to be a complete team, you need your special teams, you yeah. need your offense, and you need your defense. Yeah, all three and, facets of the game. Absolutely. And they are killing it on all three. And I actually got to watch the beginning of this game because I found out I had a Big Ten Network today, and literally the first. Second, I think it was the second play, the first play that Rutgers had. Threw it, DB, tipped in the air, and caught an interception to himself. Right away, Ohio State scores. Next play, their Rutgers gets like maybe one or two plays again. Dude catches it, stops. DB hits him, fumbles, Ohio State gets the ball again. This team is not only dominant on all three of those assets, but they are dominant on the turnover margin too. And I think that's you need to show respect to Ohio State. Oh, they, absolutely. They, I, you, it's going to take a powerhouse team to come in there and actually put up a fight. That's why I think this Penn State game this next week is going to be really interesting. It's going to be a very interesting game. It's, it's a game that I am going to watch very closely. Um, Nebraska could be playing Maryland, and I think I'll be switching over to the Nebraska-Maryland game during the commercials of the Ohio State-Penn State game because I'm really interested to see how that game – is going to how how is going to play out because Penn State has a very good defense and they've shown that at times, um, but both teams have an explosive offense and I, I think it's going to be a good game. But where I think, and it, I'm about to get into we'll, we'll, we'll go into predictions. Yeah, later, yeah so I'll, I'll get into my predictions after this. But you know the reason that my prediction is going to go the way it's going to go when I say it is how Penn State struggled against Indiana, and Indiana is not a soft soft team by any means um they're they're not soft by any means but penn state at home looking to still have a, a foot into the college football playoff 34 to 27 at home to indiana is well, not well, there's one more thing i want to go over with Rutgers for you oh yeah, yeah go, ahead, switch. go ahead okay so with the uh Rutgers last week we talked about greg shano maybe coming back to them uh haven't seen any news on that yet uh, hopefully by the end of the season they they bring in someone. Um, they need to do something because like like we argued last week, I think Greg Shawn would be a great hire for them. He's not going to do anything in that first year, maybe not in that second year, but he's going to get that his program to be somewhat competitive because two and eight and zero and seven in conference is pitiful. What, what state is Rutgers in? It, New Jersey. New Jersey. New Jersey. Yeah, uh, 
But shout out to uh, Rutgers QB Johnny Langan. Uh, Langan. Yeah. Started for the last like three years. Came in this year and lost a spot to a, a freshman. Uh, came into this game as a starter. And Rutgers looked bad because, I mean, they're going against the best team in college football. But yeah. I mean, he he didn't do terrible. You can't really complain. No, you can't complain with the 27 QBR and, you know, two interceptions. You can't complain with that at all. But I'm saying if you look at everything else, he had nothing going for him. I mean, I like I said, I actually got to watch some of the game. Still has nothing. You're not going to make I, – I know that you've been trying to get me to be a believer of Rutgers for the last two weeks. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. I'm not saying to be a believer of them this year. I'm saying when Greg Schiano gets there, you better be a believer because he's going to – Okay. You got the, the dude coach. I'll tell you. Dave. I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll tell you what, and I'll put this on the podcast so we can always go back and you can always visit it. You can put it in your little Excel spreadsheet you got over there. If Rutgers ever wins the Big Ten, I'm not saying they're going to win the Big Ten. Okay. If Rutgers ever contends, okay, or goes to a New Year's Six Bowl, I will take you to dinner. Your choice. I don't care where it's at. I'll take you to dinner. Okay. Anything that you want. Anything on the menu is fair game. Whether it's a secret menu, whatever, alcohol included, I'll pay for your entire dinner you if gotta, Rutgers ever contends, ever. You just got to realize that Grady Shannon coached underneath two of the greatest coaches of all time with Urban Meyer and uh, Joe Paterno. Like it's, it's his, he's had mentorship from two What, two coaches? coaches? Urban Meyer uh-huh. and Joe Paterno. So he learned how to rape little kids That's and cover it up and also how to pay recruits. Okay. So, yeah, he might do something. Anyway, so the Penn State-Indiana game. Um, Penn State. This was a pretty good game. It was. It was actually – it was a very good game. I was watching a little bit of this. Clifford looked good. Penn State looked – they looked all right. Um, But going going up against the Indiana team, I don't care how good – I don't care how good Illinois is, Indiana, Minnesota, Iowa. If you're playing in Happy Valley, I don't know if you noticed, but like I, I mean, I have to look at all the, the stats for their season. But they just seem to be struggling at home. It you can struggle at home when you play a good team, and you play a team that you have dominated. You know, in in 24 matchups, they're 21 and three. This is a team that you have their number. You've dominated this team throughout the years. Indiana is on the up and up. I'll yeah. give them that. They're seven and three, but you know, thirty four twenty seven, and then a lot of. I think my big argument of why Penn State struggled is is trap game. They know they're going into Ohio State next week. They're going into the cl- well, they're going into the horseshoe. They're going to play a big game. It could have been a trap game, but I mean, at the same time, yeah, because when they've when they've played decent teams, Pitt they only won by a touchdown at home. Uh, Purdue, they they blew them out. Michigan, they won by a touchdown, and then Indiana, they've won they won by a touchdown. Obviously, the lesser teams that they played, they've they've blown out at home. But it just seems like when they get kind of a decently big to a big game at home, they just they just, I don't know what it is, but they just they yeah, don't have I, that drive to end the I, game. I I couldn't tell you what's going on out there, but I mean, so we'll, this we'll, this game doesn't really. The final score, the stats, and all that really doesn't tune me down for next week's game. But oh, I think next week's going to be good regardless. Let's let's go over the stats. But remind me when I get into my predictions, especially when I get into Ohio State, Penn State, to come back to this point about this Indiana Penn State game 
and what kind of went through my head today when I was making my picks this afternoon. Okay, I got uh, we got Peyton Ramsey for Indiana. 31 41, 371, and one touchdown, 83.5 QBR. Right there. That's what I want you to bring up. And then uh, Stevie Scott, the third, 17 carries, 54 yards. Pretty much the rushing game for Indiana non existent. Um, we're going to Penn State's passing. Sean Clifford, 11 23, 179, one touchdown, 89.4 QBR. So just a little bit higher than Ramsey's. Um, then we got Journey Brown. With uh, 21 carries, 100 yards, one touchdown. Sean Clifford with 10 carries, 55 yards. Um, other than that, yeah, it just – I mean, I don't know if you got to watch most of this game, but I got to watch the end. And uh, shout-out to, to Indiana's coach and kind of giving his uh, players – showing that the, that the game still matter at the end. I mean, I know the field goal was kind of like, you know – why are you doing it? But it just shows that this team has fight in them and that they can build on something to go forward. So um, Indiana looks like a pretty solid team. And especially with the years to come, they come they're only going to get better. Um, but now we'll go into uh, Wisconsin and Nebraska. So for uh, Penn State and the, for the Penn State game, we both chose Penn State. So that's a win for both of us. Um, now we're going to Wisconsin, Nebraska. All right. Well. And who'd you choose for this week? All right. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to fight. Yeah. Who'd you choose? <laughs> we're going to fight. All right. Who'd you choose? Just tell me who you chose. I chose my big red. I, I will. Yeah. And what'd you say? Because coming out of the, the bye week, they're going to be solid. Okay. So I'm glad you brought that point up because we were solid. Uh, as you know, I watched every single snap of this football game. Uh, I will say this. Adrian Martinez looked like Adrian Martinez. His stats aren't going to show it. Uh, he was 13 to 23 for 220 yards with a touchdown and interception. But he looked like the Adrian Martinez that was at the end of last year that everyone thought was going to be a Heisman contending guy. He also ran for 89 yards. Uh, I think the big run came when he was backed up against the goal line. I think they were on like the two-yard line and ran a RPO and broke it open for 45 yards. And seeing that really made me excited to see Nebraska, the quarterback finally coming into what he is. And it makes me excited to go into next year because, I mean, let's be honest, if you're a Nebraska fan, you're looking at next year right now. I mean, I'm, I'm still excited for the Iowa game, but – I mean, I'm still looking at next year. Dedrick Mills looked went off. Oh, dude, he was on par with Jonathan Taylor. And if you look, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's he he had a load carry, 25 yards, 204 yards. His longest was 19 yards. So the defense was there. I mean, our defense did what we could do against Jonathan Taylor. But Dedrick Mills, 17 carries, 188 yards, along a 43, and Dedrick Mills was not our number one running back coming in this year. It was Maurice Washington. But Maurice Washington got dismissed from the team for God knows what. And Dedrick Mills has really stepped up into that role as, as a number one back and really showed today that coming off of a bye week, Nebraska is dangerous. The score doesn't really show how close this game was because the second quarter 
uh, scoring explosion by Wisconsin. And what happened was is we were down 17-14. Wisconsin had just scored a touchdown. We were up 14-10. to 10. Wisconsin goes down and scores a touchdown. Adrian Martinez gets the ball. We, we were marching the ball down the field, and the ball gets tipped at the at the at the uh, line of scrimmage. Interception. Wisconsin goes down, gets a touchdown, and then Nebraska gets the ball back with five minutes to go. We do a quick three and out. Wisconsin gets a field goal right before half, going to half twenty-seven to fourteen. We come out, we force a stop. They stop us, we stop them, we score, we score the ball, and then from there it was 27, yeah, it was 27-21, and at that point I was like, here we go, let's go, and then Wisconsin pulls away. We had chances to close out the game, and this is something that Scott said in the, the post game is, now is not the time to look at silver linings, and I totally agree with him you know, two years into your, your tenure here, you can't be looking at several lines. You got to start looking at closing games out, stepping on the necks of teams that let you into football games and not letting teams like Wisconsin hang around because we were playing with the lead. When you play with the lead, you have to shut out these teams. Um, I think, I think one thing that a couple of things with Scott Frost to go on, but I, I, if I remember it correctly on, on one of the things I saw is that he said this program was in worse shape than he thought it was when he took it over. Uh, yeah, today. that is, Actually, a direct quote um, when he took. Okay, this. I, I didn't know if he, if he had said it or not. I can't remember. I never. No, I just that's know he said something along absolutely. The lines he when when he took over this job, you know, he talked to his staff about going back home to Nebraska, and his staff was excited. And when they showed up, they were excited. They were like, you know, we're we're going to bring Nebraska back to national promise. We we're going to be an offense that Big Ten teams are going to have to prepare for all year. And then they got into the locker room. They started seeing the players, and they're like, "Holy shit." This is, this is not good, and this program was in shambles. Uh, I don't think people really understand what Mike Riley did to this program, and it's showing because you have freshmen and sophomores who are captains of your offense, and you have a defensive captain who's a fifth-year transfer from Oklahoma State and Darian Daniels. This dude literally showed up in the locker room this offseason right before kickoff, and they were like, hey, you're a captain. You have people on that team that have been there for four or five years and they can't lead. They can't, they're not willing to take that leadership role. So I think yep. that shows a lot about the people that Mike Riley recruited opposed to who Scott Frost is bringing in. And Adrian Martinez, who as a freshman took a team and was a leader and as a sophomore is, is a captain. And people are looking at his maturity and the way that he handles things is very leadership esque. And, you know, he's, He's a damn good leader. He's going to be a damn good quarterback. Um, I think he's eighth on the total yardage list in Nebraska right now, and he's a sophomore. Still has two more years. So, And then the other thing, too, the big thing that came out today is uh, Frost signed a two-year extension, extending yep. him to uh, 2026. 2026. He'll be – he's going to be in Lincoln for a while. Um, his contract details are already out. It's it's the same, $5 million a year. Um, so I, just getting him extended, I think – it made me easier because what I see a lot on like message boards and stuff like that that I read is people calling for Scott Frost heads and it's just asinine. I mean, it's the same people that called for Nick Saban said after they lost to LSU. So same kind of people, not the yeah, same person. Yeah. Same kind of people. It's asinine is what it is, but so we'll go into uh, cause you kind of went over Wisconsin stats, but not fully. Um, 
Jack Cohn with 13 and 21, 162, one touchdown. Um, that kid point. is a definite upgrade from Hornybrook. Hornybrook <laughs> was garbage, man. This this kid, I think he's like fourth or fifth in like completion percentage in FBS. Like he he's he's an accurate QB. He'll play on Sundays. And then another thing that keeps getting overlooked with Jonathan Taylor is 25 carries, 204 yards. Yeah, Diedrich Mills went off for 17 and 188. But Jonathan Taylor, I believe, has three or four 200-yard games just this year alone. Um, I think he has 11 total, if, if uh, I recall correctly, putting him with Ricky Williams and a few other running backs Yeah, uh, and in, the, in college history. Well, the other thing that uh, Jonathan Taylor did today is he passed Herschel Walker. Uh, most yardage, most rushing yards by a junior through their first three years in uh, college football history. So, Oh, he is a junior. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, he's got one more. Uh, I don't know. That's another prediction that we can get into after in the offseason if he's yeah. going to go to the draft or not. But I we'll do it. We'll do it at the end of the season. I'm pretty sure he's going to stay, knowing how Wisconsin uh, is. But uh, one thing I, I will go back to Nebraska now. I just didn't want people feeling left out with those constant stats. Um, Fuck yeah. Two things I saw because I watched the end of the game and I talked to you about this that definitely need to be worked on or the coaches need to be reevaluated by Scott Frost is. The offensive line looked pretty – I mean, I, obviously the offensive line was doing its job to some degree if Dedrick Mills gets 188 yards. Yeah. But at the end of the game I was watching it, they just did not look good at all. Um, and then the other thing was uh, the defense. They looked terrible. I didn't, Like I said, I didn't get to watch the first part of Go the game. Go back to last week and what did I say? Fire defense, Eric Giander, yeah. our defensive coordinator. But so you would – Kind of going fast forward. So USC is kind of in the same spot with its um, defense when it comes to tackling. Um, Nebraska just could not tackle. And then when they would get Jonathan Taylor from the plays I saw, they had to gang tackle him. There was really no single tackles on him. It was pretty much a couple of tackles missed, and then next thing you know, you got three or four dudes on the defense finally getting to him and bringing him down. It just – well, I think you give Nebraska. My bad. I think you give Nebraska a, a, a defensive coordinator that's competent and that actually practices tackling in practice. Yeah, they're going to be an even scarier team because. Well, the thing about our defense is, is our defense showed up to play today, um, forced a turnover on Jonathan Taylor. He he lost a fumble. It was actually a crazy ass play. If you get a shot, man, go go look at it. Jonathan Taylor's fumble. Uh, but the offensive line was not the reason for Diedrich Mills's going off. It was the outside blocking. It was by our receivers. You know, it was by Noah and Cade Warner and Jack Stahl and J.D. Spielman. Yeah, because I, I looked on, on uh, Twitter, and I know one or two of the linemen were supposed to come back this week, um, and they ended up not playing. That was defensive linemen. That was uh, Khalil Davis and uh, Darian Daniels uh, were okay. out but our offensive line is also very young. We have a true freshman at center named Cam Jurgens. Yeah, the center looked pretty. Uh, he's young, but he's he's good. He's also. I think that was one of the major problems was the center is, is you have you have a young center in there, especially one because the center is the is the leader of that offensive line. Yeah, and if he's not calling out blitzes and uh, telling people to pick up assignments, then there's no real communication on that line. And I think that's what was kind of showing is you have a young guy up there. Um, he just needs to get the reps. Obviously, we're almost at the end of the season, so hopefully next season he comes in and does a lot better. But it just I, the offensive line coach has got to work with him or something because 
there was a few blitzes I saw that just blew up and there was no one there to I think touching on this defense, uh, this isn't a stat that we really get into, but it's something that I noticed today was sacks and tackle for loss. Wisconsin had four sacks and seven tackles for loss. Nebraska had no sacks and one tackle for loss. And that tackle for loss was Jonathan Taylor got a screen pass and he got tackled for a negative two yards while uh, Adrian Martinez got sacked for like 22 yards on one play. And it was, it was a big drive. I mean, we were, we were driving down to take the lead again and he got sacked. I think we're on the, the 28, 27 yard line and he got sacked. So it's, Nebraska is not there yet. We're going to get there. Um, it's something that I still cold heartedly believe in. And I still, to this day, will, will defend Scott Frost. I will defend his staff, except for Eric Cheander. That dude needs, that dude needs so, to go. So one thing with, with, uh, USC's head coach Clay Helton is he became buddy buddies with, um, the special teams coach and the defensive coach, the two areas that USC has been absolutely terrible in. Do you think Scott Frost has the balls to fire someone that he brought from UCF, even though he brought them over there and yes. bring in someone else? And the reason is, is Especially since they just extended them. Scott, Scott Frost is, is, is a no nonsense type of dude. Um, you know, he showed it in the press conference today, getting up there and saying, this is unacceptable. I don't care if it's Wisconsin or anybody. Uh, but the reason I think he will is because if he was at UCF or if he went to Auburn or if he went to Oregon, I don't think he does. But because he's on the sidelines of where he grew up, where he won a national title, you know, he's even said, and Tom Osborne has even said that he feels the pressure that he's going to do anything to get this right. And if that means firing some of his staff, I, I think that he would have the nuts to stand in front of Eric Chandler and say, hey, man, you're not cutting it. Get out of here. Go get a go get a job at like East Michigan or something. Get so, out of here. so if he doesn't fire him this uh, this season, this off season, how many how many of the Nebraska fans do you think are going to lose faith in the process? Uh, I think I don't think he fires him after this season. I think it's a lot because he wants to get his people in there. I think two years down the road, if our defense is still having these issues, Eric Chander's out. And if he doesn't fire Eric Chander, then I think that's too late. I don't. I think he needs. I think if you're trying to become a Big Ten contender, you need to have a defense in Nebraska. Well, he's got to get his people in there. I mean, he's got to recruit his people. Eric Chander's got to recruit his people. Yeah, I'm not an Eric Chander believer, but I I do believe. What's in the point of bringing in another? So if you're going to fire, if you know you're going to fire him, what's the point of bringing in his people when your defensive coordinator is going to want someone else? Because who knows? If he gets his people in there and it works, then I might flip the script. But right now, it's not working. And I think the biggest problem is is three four does not work in the Big Ten. Look at the Big Ten powerhouses. Wisconsin, they run a four three. Ohio State, they run a four three. You got to run a four three in the Big Ten because it's a run heavy conference. Exactly. So that's. But I'm just saying, if you haven't learned that yet, then I don't think you should be a freaking defensive coordinator in general. Yeah, I can see that. So. So we'll right, go well, on to. Big Red Nation. I'm sorry. So, uh, for that one, you chose Nebraska. I chose Wisconsin. Coming out with the dub. That's my foot you're on. <laughs> yeah, <that's my> foot. <laughs> you don't want to play footsie, man? No, I don't. Come on, dude. Come back here. Come on. No, no, thank you. Play so now we're going to Michigan and Michigan State. Um, did you watch any of this game? Uh, no. Okay, so no. I, I actually was the one that watched the Big Ten this week, I guess. Um, uh, it, it was, I don't know, man. Like, 
there was really no interesting games except for the one that we're saving for last that I really watched. But, I mean, Michigan, Michigan State, I literally saw this game. I was watching college game day, and they were picking it. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, this game's going to be a blowout. And then I looked at the ticker. I did switch over one time. So Michigan State started the second quarter, was leading 7 nothing, and I was like, holy shit, this might be a good game. Michigan rattles off. 17 points in the second quarter, and then it was just a boat race from there, 44 to 10. So It, I would, it just I, didn't interest me. I would definitely say that Michigan came out with, with something that we really haven't seen for most of the season, and that's that we're going to pound the living shit out of you, and we're just going to keep going, going, and going until you lose the will to play. And they came out there, and they just dominated. And I think that's what they – I think they're they're playing for respect at this point, and they're playing to show like, hey, we are a force to be reckoned with. So, I, I became a pretty. Uh, All right, uh, Michigan. No, you're not. You're not about to tell me you became a Michigan believer. No, 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 no. I think I'm a Michigan believer, but I, I'm going to say that this team is definitely a strong force at this point right now. They're all right. Uh, so. Michigan State, Brian Lewerk, 17 of 30, 166, one touchdown, two interceptions, 47.7 uh, QBR. Uh, Elijah, Jesus Christ, uh, Elijah Collins, 12 carries, 27 yards. Michigan State rushing attack, 30 carries, 54 yards. Yeah, Not look existent. at Michigan's rushing attack, 34 carries, 83 yards. Yeah, um, Shea Patterson, though, 24-33, 384, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. That's my foot again. <laughs> 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 Move your uh, foot, dude. Dude, this is the chair next to me. <laughs> it's the chair next to me. <laughs> it's across from you. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, Ronnie Bell with Michigan receiving nine receptions, 150 yards. Yeah, he was he was no definitely the big play threat. 100% um, big play threat for, for Michigan. Yeah, this. I don't know if you guys see any of the highlights, but Shea Patterson had a few beautiful passes this game. Um, yeah. They just... Yeah. Michigan looked like how Michigan was supposed to look the whole year. And I don't know what they did this week or what they've been doing, but it finally clicked for them this week. Um, I guess they found something to to fight it, for, I guess. I don't know. Like If they would have been playing like this the whole year, they probably would be in the top ten. Well, um, does this game make you more excited for Michigan and Ohio State? I, I still think Ohio State's going to win. I mean, Well, yeah, but I, well, I think we all think that Ohio State's going to win. But, I mean, does – does this game kind of make you feel like if Michigan carries the same drive that they just had this game? Then yeah, it makes me kind of more. Well, I mean, it's a rivalry game, and that's what this game was. Michigan, Michigan State. You're fighting for the state of Michigan. I don't know why you fight for the state, but they're fighting <laughs> for it. it and like, Michigan came out with a fire. So so now we'll go to um, so we have one more game after this one to cover, but we'll go into the barn burner game of uh, <laughs> UMass and Northwestern, the battle of the one win teams. All you, homie. All right. Because so, Northwestern sucks and UMass is even worse. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, I got to watch a little bit. I got probably about the second quarter of this game. Um, just flipping between games because there was so many Big Ten games on this morning. Um, Northwestern looked absolutely dominant. Uh, like the team they should have been all year. I mean, given it's a UMass team. Uh, but they just looked really good. Uh, Evan Hole. 24 carries, 220 yards. Dude, I'm going to stop you right there. Did you just say Northwestern looked good? They did. They looked really good. Dude, I think me, 
you and like 10 other swinging Joes from Alpha Battery could put the, uh, together a team and look good against UMass. Okay, I'm not, that's why I said I said even though it was against UMass, they looked good. Um, Dude, they were losing three to nothing in the first quarter. They just pulled away from a physically inferior team. It's UMass. Dude, no. Okay, if Northwestern no. would have won by 10 points, then yeah, I would argue with you, but stupid ads um no northwestern uh, 40 points like you had to give credit to them to some degree no i they, don't all right whatever that's your opinion <laughs> uh, I, don't, I, I don't have to give them shit they're fucking northwestern they suck evan hole though came in and just looked uh great four touchdowns and i already said his rushing stats um aiden smith seven at 13 76 yards and two interceptions so the passing attack was god awful for northwestern yeah but put me under center <laughs> Put me under center. That score would have been 90. Uh, the UMass, we got uh, Randall West, 1936, 175, one interception. Uh, UMass for rushing. Got Belai Ali, 16 carries, 66 yards. I don't know how to say his name. <laughs> <laughs> but it just – I mean, uh, I guess you didn't get to, you didn't get to see the, the, the run that I did. But, man, he took it, and he must have went like 40 – are you talking about Hull? Yeah. I literally just saw the highlight, like, as you were saying it. When he gets pushed and almost goes out of bounds. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm saying. They looked good against this shitty UMass team, but they still looked good. I like good. how I said, was that Hull? We're talking about the dude that has four touchdowns. Yeah, that's probably Hull. Yeah. yeah right. he, Jesus. He looked good, so I'm just going to say that. And now uh, go on to the next game, Mark. Uh, I just want to say, if you're a UMass fan – and you have a podcast, give me a call. Shoot me an email. I'd love to have you on here because that would be amazing. All right, big game, Big Ten. I mean, there's a 24-7 insider for each team in the NCAA. So. Oh, my God, dude. I would love to have them on. I would love to just sit here and talk UMass football with them for like two hours and just laugh at them the whole time. All right. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa. What was our pick? Did we pull pick Minnesota on that one? Uh, yes, we did. Wait, Northwestern, UMass. Did we both pick Northwestern? Yeah, we did, because we weren't going to pick UMass. UMass is garbage. Well, yeah, they proved that. But, yeah, all right. Well, this is where we were both wrong, man. Minnesota, Iowa. Um, what surprised you? Did you watch this game, or did I? No, we both watched it, remember? I, I came over. Oh, yeah, you did come I over. I came over yeah. at the like, end of it, but I was watching it before I left. Yeah, um, I was also chasing my son around. But Minnesota, I think, Iowa. I, I think the biggest thing that surprised me here was this Minnesota defense was revered as an awesome defense, and they couldn't tackle worth a damn this game. No, they missed tackles all over the field. And I think that's what killed them. Uh, that's the disappointing thing that surprised me. The yeah thing that surprised me was Tyler Johnson, the receiver for Minnesota, nine receptions, 170 yards. He pretty much kept his team in the game uh, from the big plays that they were throwing to him and keeping the drives alive. Uh, Tanner Morgan, 25-36, 368, only one touchdown. Uh, Rodney Smith, 14 carries, 46 yards. The, this is another thing that surprises me, too. Minnesota's rushing attack had 30 carries and only 63 yards. In the weeks before, they've they've had at least someone have 100 yards or more. Well, that's, that's where Minnesota's, like, made their money this year is – 
because they have a trio of dudes. Yeah, yeah. They, that trio has just been able to do wear teams down and been able to to win football games. And then Morgan is a very accurate quarterback that he's been able to come off of that trio. And that trio had sixty three yards. I don't. I can't do the math between negative twenty three. Yeah, and it eight, says at the bottom there, dumbass. Yeah, it, it's. <sighs> It's like right around 63 yards. Yeah, it's, it's right Probably around like 50, there. 55 but or something like that. Here's my question, and this is what I really want to get into this game. You you love to look at stats, and you love to rattle off stats, and that's great. But what I want to ask about this game, before I move on to the Pac-12, is something that I've always believed uh, since they beat Penn State last week is, you know, Minnesota has a tough tough schedule. They got Iowa. They had Iowa this week. They got Northwestern next week, and then they have Wisconsin after that. Two ranked opponents. They're going to boat race Northwestern, and they're going to go right into playing Wisconsin. They're going to represent the West in the Big Ten Championship game. And say they beat Ohio State. Does Minnesota have a shot at the college football playoff, even with one loss, but their one loss is to a ranked Iowa team on the road at Kinnick Stadium. If they win the Big Ten, yeah, I think they honestly have a shot. Do I? I think they have a shot. Does the committee think they have a shot? Uh, no, as you can see with them putting Georgia ahead of them this week, even though Georgia lost to a South Carolina team that had third string quarterback in. It's just there's there's not much respect given to teams outside the SEC. Uh, like we talked about earlier with Ohio State, who I think you can argue with anyone is the best team in college football. Okay, so in that same scenario, Minnesota wins out from here on out. They beat Northwestern handily. They beat Wisconsin by at least a touchdown. They go into the Big Ten Championship game, beat Ohio State. You're saying Minnesota has a shot, right? Yeah. Does that knock Ohio State out? Yes, but I think that gives Ohio State fifth place. So are fifth in the rankings, fifth or sixth in the rankings. Okay, but the, uh, of the four teams that are in there, one team's going to automatically eliminated. Yep. I don't care who you are. LSU, Georgia, they're going to play in the SEC championship game. One team's going to lose. It's going to be Georgia. Georgia's knocked out. They're a two-loss team. Yeah. So now you have Clemson, Ohio State, LSU, and argument's sake, who I think is the fourth-best team in the nation is Oregon. You, you think put, it's Oregon or do you think it's Utah? I think it's Oregon. I think Oregon a more complete team than Utah. We'll get into that. But yeah. Minnesota beats Ohio State. Do you think the Big Ten, because I think the the overall Big 12 contender of Baylor got knocked out tonight by losing to Oklahoma. I don't think – I think that there's a more of a shot of Minnesota and Ohio State making the playoff if Minnesota can win out and win the Big Ten – with two one-loss Big Ten teams getting in over a Big 12 team that played a cupcake schedule except against each other in Oklahoma and Baylor. And it's the same situation as Baylor and TCU back in the day when they faced a cupcake schedule except when they played each other and neither of them made it. And I think that's the same situation we're going to have with Oklahoma and Baylor I don't this think year. the Big Ten gets two teams in regardless. I think, that, I think they have a shot. I think, 
like anyone has a shot, but I think that what the, what they would what they would do is they put two SEC teams in. They put and LSU and Alabama in. This is my hot take of the night: is I think the Big Ten has more of a shot of putting two teams in than the SEC because LSU is not losing. I think we can both agree LSU is. Okay, you're going off like rationale. You're being rational though with your thoughts. We we just saw with the college football uh, picks that they had on ESPN and Fox that. Well, they're going to put Georgia up there, but I'm telling you, a two-loss Georgia team is not making the playoff. Okay, I get that. I'm saying, though, a one-loss Alabama. Alabama team without Tua Tagliova is not making the playoff. It's not happening. I think you're 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 trying to be too rational with this. An community. SEC team that does not go to the SEC championship game is not making the college football playoff. Not in this system. Now, if I'm talking about the 18 system that I've talked about, yes. No, because I guarantee that that they would pay Alabama no. in. Because you know how they would justify it. That they lost to a, a conference champion. Okay, but a team that doesn't go to the conference championship game. Okay, I agree with you. I'm not arguing with you. I'm just saying that you're thinking this committee is going to think straight when they're not going to think straight. We've seen it over time and time again. I think. I Alabama think the week, Georgia. I what I'm saying is I think the weekly. The the weekly rankings don't mean anything. No, it doesn't. One mean ranking. Is all that matters. At the end of the season, after the conference championship games, they get together one time and say what four teams are going to play for a national title. I think that when it comes to that, they're not going to put Alabama in there. They're not going to put Georgia in there because Alabama doesn't have their starting quarterback. So they're not the same Alabama that ran through the first eight games of their season. And they're not going to put Georgia in there because they've lost two times. They've lost to an unranked South Carolina team with the third-string quarterback, and then they've lost – to an LSU team on the big stage. I think Minnesota and Ohio State have more of a shot to make it in than LSU Alabama or LSU Georgia. And call me crazy, but I just don't see them putting an Alabama team in the college football playoff that didn't even go to the SEC championship game. I don't see it happening because if it does happen, they already know they'd be under hot fire and people would be calling for a lot of people's jobs in that committee. They've already been doing that. No, I'm saying it like would. It's, it's already happening. I mean, no one, <laughs> it's a committee that's getting paid to just sit, like I say all the time, watch Mike Leach's video on committees. It's perfect because it, it symbolizes what this college football playoff committee is pretty much. Dude, just expand it to eight games, eight teams. Like. So yeah, it's exactly. So one thing we didn't cover was the Iowa stats. I know you don't like Iowa, so that's probably why. But uh, Nate Stanley, 14-23, 173. Two touchdowns. Uh, Tyler Goodson with the rushing attack. 13 probably had sex with yards. his sister. I mean, I'm pretty sure people say that about Nebraska, too, so that's fine. <laughs> 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 but uh, one thing I will say, though, is um, – Man, hang on here. I got to find him. There was – I can't remember who the receiver was. Let me see. What, for is. Iowa? Yeah. He, uh, are you talking about Tracy? Six receptions, 77 yards? Is he a freshman? Uh, dude, I'm terrible with classes. I'll, be, I'll, I'll click on his name then because you're lazy as hell. Uh, yes, he, he is, is a so freshman, yeah. This this kid was the uh, Indianapolis High School Player of the Year, and he is just an absolute threat to to burn you. Um, all the time, or not all the time, but at any moment, he's a threat to burn you, and he just looks solid um, all around. He was looking pretty good against Minnesota, burning him on the outside and stuff like that. Um, Is he a true freshman? Yeah, I think so. So what, he's 18? Yeah. You think he's going to cry when he loses to Nebraska? 
I think he'll I cry. I never understood why, why, why I think he'll cry after losses. I think he'll I cry. I guess they just have a lot of passion in it. I don't think – I mean, I, you're saying they're going to lose to Nebraska. I, I, I do, yes. We'll get into that uh, next, next week. week. But, yeah, yeah, he will lose. But, yeah, 23-19, to 19, Iowa takes the – I guess you can call it kind of an upset. Uh, not an upset. Iowa is favored. They're at home. As much as I wanted Minnesota to win this game, it was not an upset. Uh, Iowa was favored. Iowa has looked really good at home, too. That's something – I mean, I know you don't like Iowa, but that's something you've got No, to... I, I don't like Iowa on a personal level, but on a professional level, uh, behind the mic, I can I can stand here and be a bigger man and say Iowa is a very scary team when they're in Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, I, I didn't realize that until no, I kind of watched them today. I'm and like, I will say this, though. Yeah. I will also say this about Iowa. Um, they probably have one of the coolest traditions I've ever oh, seen. Oh, the wave? The wave, yeah. That yeah, is super cool. Awesome. That is super cool. That is something that every week when I see it um, – because I always, as much as I hate him, I always find myself watching fucking Iowa. Um, every time I see it, it, it kind of tugs at my little heartstrings. So, yeah, they did it today, and um, the Minnesota placeholder um, had some disease, some bone disease and cancer. Oh, was it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, Twice. And, uh, and uh, one of the kids in that hospital, he went and saw, and he turned him into a Minnesota fan. So. I, I think it's an awesome tradition. I didn't understand yeah. it at first. Time Actually, funny it. story about the the place kicker. If you ever see him for Minnesota, uh, he's like a third string place kicker. He's only come in once this year. But if you ever look at him play, he wears a bunch of wristbands, like like the Livestrong bracelets or whatever. Yeah. He wears like like fifteen of them on his arm whenever he plays. And each one of them was given to him by a kid that's like fighting cancer or whatever that has lost their life. So like he he wears them. And every time he looks down, he thinks of them. And I, it's just a really cool story. You want to talk about really tugging at your heartstrings. Um, ESPN actually did a really good story on it, like a good like eight or nine-minute video on Facebook. So let's get into predictions, man. Let's get into week 13. Uh, with the oh, Big you want to do predictions as we do Pac-12? We yeah, yeah. We'll recap we'll, of Pac-12. No, no, no. Let's, let's wrap up the Big Ten so we can get into the Pac-12. And then uh, oh, we just wrapped up the Big Ten. Yeah. Let's wrap up the, the predictions for next week. Oh, you don't want to do predictions all together? No, no, no. We'll do it conference by conference. Okay. Um, you got to tell me the teams, and I'll write them down in the spreadsheet. Yep. All right, so week 13, next week, uh, we'll start out with Minnesota and Northwestern. Um, I'm really eager to hear your pick on this one. Uh, Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota big. I'm also taking Minnesota. Um, you can put this down if you want. I'm taking them by at least 20 points. I'm going to worry about that. All right. Next one is uh, Purdue at Wisconsin in Camp Randall. Is this one of our travel games? No. No. Wisconsin still has pretty high ticket prices. No. Uh, right now, Minnesota Northwestern, four bucks. That could be our That's travel game. That's why. <coughs> yeah, it is in Evansville. Any given Saturday CFB travel game in the week? <laughs> no, not yet. Let's wait till we get to the Pac-12. Pac-12 has been known to give us some $2 games, so. Uh, All right, Purdue, so Wisconsin. I, well, hang on, you didn't, you didn't. Oh, you did. Never mind. I got Wisconsin. Yep, same, Wisconsin. All right, uh, 10 a.m. Illinois, Iowa, in Kinnick Stadium. So my, my mind wants me to go with Illinois, but the common sense in me is telling me to go with Iowa to watch what they just did. So I'm gonna go with Iowa. All right. You ready? Yeah. Illinois. I'm taking them. Upset. We're always down to watch Illinois beat a, 
be the be the underdog and win. <laughs> Illinois on that comeback with Michigan State. I think my yeah, we were, oh we were hype. Baby. We were hype. All right, next game, 10 a.m. You actually still owe me for pronouncing his name right too. What do I owe you? Uh, you said you give me like a donut or something. I can't remember. But you said you give me something. Okay, let's go get donuts in the morning. All right. Michigan State Rutgers at highpoint.com stadium. Tickets as low as $7. Is that New Jersey? New Jersey. I don't know because Michigan State's been pretty god-awful. And Rutgers just put up 21 points against Ohio State. Dude, it's Rutgers. Don't get I'm going with the underdog. I'm going to go with Rutgers. I'm going Michigan State, man. I'm going Michigan State. I'm going Michigan State by at least a touchdown. All right, Michigan, Indiana. That should be a good one. It's going to be an amazing game. It's one thirty in Bloomington. It's in Indiana. Tickets as low as forty six bucks. I'll uh, hang on here. Let me this Microsoft documents being weird. Uh, I'm going to go with Michigan. Going Indiana. Uh, I'm I'm taking I'm taking the Indiana train. All right. All right. Nebraska, Maryland. It's in College Park. Man, Maryland's just look god awful. I think I might have to go with the Huskers on this one. Go Big Red. GBR, baby. All right. And the last game in. You Nebraska, too? <laughs> All right. Last game. Are you going to Nebraska? Yes, motherfucker. <laughs> yes, I'm going to Nebraska. I need to have. All right, look. Proof. All right, here. From here on out. All right. No matter what game it is, I'm taking Nebraska. I want you to know that. Because I want to get on this podcast one motherfucking time. And talk about a Nebraska win. That's all I want to do. Well, we're both going for Nebraska this time. You do realize, since we started this podcast, Nebraska has not won a single fucking football <laughs> game. All right. All right, big game. Penn State, Ohio State. It's in Columbus. Fox is going to be there. It's a big noon Saturday game. A lot of emotion. So I know I've been riding Penn State the whole time, but I'm going Ohio State. Yep. Me as well. I'm taking Ohio State. Uh, I think Ohio State wins a close one. I think Ohio State finally gets tested, and we're finally going to see what Ohio State's all about. I think that's uh, – That should be all the Big Ten. That is all the Big Ten. But, man, I am – dude, I am super stoked for that game. 10 a.m. at 9.45, there will be a beer in my hand, my son watching Paw Patrol on my phone, so I can just focus in on that football game. Man, I'm so excited. Yeah, we're we're already kind of going over our time limit now for each thing. So now we're going to the. Uh, oh shit! Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah. So now we're going to the. Uh, well, the I mean, pack. the Big Ten. Uh, that was an it was an exciting week for the Big Ten. It was. It was. I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad. I'm just saying that we spent a little bit more time on that. Okay, Oregon won. Utah won. Washington oh, State won. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got Oregon and Arizona. Um, I believe we both chose Oregon. I definitely picked Oregon because yes, fucking U of A sucks, dude. I, I tried to tell you this. So it was a close game for a little bit, and then the second half. What are you um, talking about before the fucking ball kicked off? Like, dude, <laughs> as soon as that ball was kicked up, a close game until the second half, dude, it was <laughs> 21 to 6 at halftime. It was over. It was it over. Dude, it was over when Justin Herbert put on his jersey. It was over. It was ball so, yeah, game. So we got Oregon coming out 34 to 6. Uh, Arizona had uh, Grant Gannell and Khalil Tayden sit for uh, combined stats of 17 of 30, 132, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, J.J. Taylor for the rushing attack for Arizona, 17 carries, 74 yards, no touchdowns. Um, two field goals is what they got. Uh, then we got, yeah, it was two field goals, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. 
Yeah, it was. I don't want to sound retarded. Too late. Yep, two field goals. All right. Yeah, no touchdowns. That. No touchdowns right. for you, Ove. No right, touchdowns we'll, for you. So, so now we're going to Oregon. Herbert, 2028, 333, four touchdowns, one interception, 88.1. That is actually, I believe, his third interception of the year. Yeah. Um. So that's pretty – I mean, not great throw interception against Arizona Wildcats. NFL ready. I'm not, I've never denied that. I just argue with you that he's not the top quarterback. No, that's uh, Joe Burrow. Yeah, and yeah. I, we can actually agree on that. Uh, Oregon's rushing. We got Travis Dye, fourteen seventy-one. C.J. Verdell, eleven for forty-nine. Uh, no touchdowns for them. And pretty much, this Oregon defense just destroyed um, Arizona. And Arizona actually did pretty well on defense. If you look at their um, stats yeah so what what i caught away from this game and what what i kind of took away um flipping back and forth between this one the arizona state game and the usc game uh is that oregon without that loss to auburn in the beginning of the year it was auburn right that they played yeah but they they were missing people so i mean without that loss if they were 10 and 0 like say they beat auburn and they're 10 and 0 we're looking at the number three, number four team in the nation. Yeah, and I think, I think after four. this win, is showing that not only can Justin Herbert light up a, a substandard defense in, in U of A, that their defense can show up and, and shut down a team like U of A, that Oregon, if they're not number four in the college football playoff, I'm going to be very upset. They they should they, they should be in the top four. They, they are – a really good football team. They're they're a force to be reckoned with, and I think they they deserve a shot at LSU or, or Ohio State when the college football playoff comes up. So, Oregon, I agree. Oregon and Utah, that Pac-12 game is going to be amazing. Um, U- as long as it lines up that way, I think it'll be. It's it's going to because of what Utah did to UCLA today. That Utah is on a war path to the college football playoff and the Pac-12. And I think the Pac-12 ends their streak of the last two years not being able to have a team in. And I think either Oregon or Utah, whoever wins that game, will make it in the college football playoff. Same reason I said before. I don't see two SEC teams in this year. I I don't. So uh, we'll go on to UCLA and the Utah Utes. The Utes. Um, Pretty close game. Yeah. Yeah. They they kept it close in the first possession. (laughs) (laughs) 49-3. to I actually had higher hopes for UCLA on this on this game, even though I hate UCL, UCLA. Um, but yeah, 49-3 Utah. Uh, DTR, Dorian Thompson-Robinson for UCLA, 20 of 36, 219, two interceptions. Uh, Joshua Kelly, 19 carries, 78 yards. So one thing I will say is when UCLA has won the past few weeks, Joshua Kelly has had over 150 yards. Um, yeah. Just this Utah defensive line and – like I told you when they played ASU a few weeks ago, is probably the best, one of the best in the nation. Um, all NFL guys on that line easily. Uh, Tyler Huntley, one of the most uh, efficient quarterbacks in the nation that's overlooked all the time. 14 of 18, 335, two touchdowns, no interceptions. And then we have the great, 
the beast, the rumble and stumbling. <laughs> Zach Moss, 17 carries, 127 yards and two touchdowns. You just got mossed. <laughs> Did, I think I'm going to argue with you about the Oregon. I think Utah is a more complete team than Oregon. And I think that no matter what, that that Oregon versus Utah Pac-12 championship game, if it stays that way, is going to be an exciting game to watch. And we're going to have to find a way to either watch it together or watch it FaceTime or something because it's going to be fun to watch this Utah defensive line go against that Oregon offensive line and watch that Oregon defensive line go against this Utah defensive line. When do you you go to Kansas? Uh, Around December 15th, 17th. Oh, dude, they'll play before then because the last game of the season is Black Friday and then they play the conference championship like a week later or two weeks later. Yeah, it should be like two weeks later. Yeah, yeah, so it's like the first weekend of December. So, yeah, we'll be able to watch that game together. So, yeah, so I I think you're – I mean, obviously we we watched a little bit of this game and uh, your favorite dude, Bradley and I. That's my boy. Just eating sacks. And just scaring QBs to death. I don't know who I like more. I don't know if I like an eye better or number 13 for a University of St. Mary's Volleyball. I, <laughs> I really like her. She's, <laughs> she's really cool. I like her. <laughs> if uh, she wants but, to call into the podcast, you can be on it as well. <laughs> but, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and uh, another thing, too, with, with make, I think makes Utah's um, team – even more complete is their special teams. Like I like I said with Ohio State, to be a complete team, you need to have all three assets of the game solid. Not, not I'm not saying that Oregon special teams are bad by any means, but I'm just Utah has a both, history of making solid special teams. Both those players. teams' defense showed up today against inferior opponents and really kind of like forced their will on what they were doing. And what I will say is, I'm taking Oregon. To win the Pac-12, but what I will say is that Oregon-Utah game is going to be very interesting. It's going to be a very good football game, and I cannot wait to watch it. It's um, going to be fun to I'm watch. Ro- I'm, I find myself kind of like rooting for Utah because they're kind of like an underdog. They've always been there, but they've always like slipped up, and they did slip up. You know, if they were 10-0, and I think they're in as well. Yeah. Um, they slipped up against USC, but I just – but, I mean, since that game, though, they have just been dominating teams. Yeah, I don't, I don't see them overtaking on Oregon, though. Like, I don't see them. Oregon has the experience. Oregon's been in the college football playoff. They've been there. They've done it. They've won. Or, no, they haven't won. But you know, they've been in a national championship game when they play Cam Newton with Marcus Mariota. And Oregon has that experience. Utah is... They're they're kind of like the the grinded out. They're the the blue collar type of person when it comes up to up against Oregon. So I just so I know you don't like stats, but stat wise, Utah would win against Oregon. And I I seriously think that Utah is a better team than Oregon. I just think like you said, Utah gets overlooked because they're that they're out in Utah for one and two. They're just that blue collar. They're like a Big Ten team in the in the Pac-12, pretty much. Is the best way to explain them. Yeah. No, I I agree with you, but I mean Utah has a pretty easy road. They got Arizona and Colorado. Oh yeah. They go on the road to Tucson, and then they got Colorado coming in there. They have a very easy road. So 
They're going to be fresh. They're going to be ready to go. Oregon. It's, either way, it's going to be a good game. We both agree on that. So now we'll go on to our other game that the winning team scored 49 points for, or scored 49 points, and that's Washington-Stanford. Um, Stanford going into Pullman and just losing. Uh, <laughs> 40, <laughs> just 49 losing. Uh, KJ Costello out with another injury. Um, last I checked, it was undisclosed, so I don't know what the injury was. Uh, Davis Mill, though, coming in. And Davis Mill, my bad, Davis Mills, when he's in, Stanford has actually looked pretty good. Um, if you look at his stats, you'd wonder how they lost. 504 yards. And this is a Stanford team that is, yet again, like a Big Ten team where they just run it at you and kill you. Yep. And they rushed for a total of, can you see that number? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six yards. Six. Ten carries. With a long of eight. <laughs> <laughs> well, because Davis Mills got sacked, it looks like, for a negative 13. But anyway, so Davis Mills, 33 of 50, 504, three touchdowns, two interceptions. You're never going to win the game with the turnover margin. Well, they were throwing that. the football the entire game. They were playing from behind. Uh, they only had 10 attempts. So I, I don't really knock them on that six yards because any team only. Well, they really only had eight if you if you take away Davis. Yeah, if you sack. take away those two sacks, yeah, eight eight carries for six yards is still not a good. It's still not there, but I mean this this game. Either way, was one through the air. I mean, 110 attempts from both sides uh, through yeah, the air. Yeah, but Mike Leach doesn't run the ball as we've seen in the past. As I've shown well, apparently Stanford stats. doesn't run the ball either. So, <laughs> holy crap! So let's go into Washington State <laughs> offense yeah. here. Yeah, get into that. Anthony Gordon, I 44 of 60, 520, five touchdowns, one interception. Max Borgie, the bulldog that I told you about last time. And you're like, oh, he's not a bulldog. The bulldog, 15 carries, 111 yards, and one touchdown. Dude, you okay? You need to go to the bathroom after reading those stats? Like, I think you got a boner underneath that table. You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just <laughs> All saying. Right, man, just, Jesus. You hated on me for calling him uh, the bulldog. Uh, 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 uh. Like that's <laughs> like, the the, like like the announcer. Oh, <laughs> Jesus, man! No, but, it's uh, Anthony Gordon. Great day, eighty-six point nine QBR, five hundred twenty yards, five touchdowns. Uh, he's good. He's he's damn that's, good. That's, those, are, those are pretty much the numbers he's been putting up all yeah, year. Yeah, damn good. It's just they haven't had a rushing attack like they had today. So, like like we said, forty-nine to twenty-two, Washington State comes out with the win. And gets their second conference win of the season. Uh, one one way pretty, from bowl eligible. Uh, it's pretty crazy because Washington State was undefeated Jesus. until they played Washington last year. Did you see the receiving for Washington State? Yeah, I did. And Stanford. I didn't see Stanford's. Both of them. Both teams had two so two how, receivers how many, over 100 yards. How many uh, receiving yards does Osiris St. Brown have? Who? Uh, Stanford. Uh, 504? No, no, no. Uh, St. Brown. Look for St. Brown on Stanford's receiving. St. Brown, one catch, four yards. Oh, okay. So his brother is the one on USC that scored that touchdown and did that little fist. Yes. Yeah, he did a little, <laughs> little fist bump. That's his brother. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, oh, man, hang on. I just lost. Yeah. So yeah. I, Washington State, dominant win. Good for you. Yeah. Um, like I said, the pretty – crazy what their record because the record should have been a lot better this year from how they finished last year mm -hmm. um 
for that one, we both picked Washington State. So, congrats. Slap hands. And then uh, now we're going to Oregon State and, and uh, Arizona State. Arizona State oh. Research Stadium in Corvallis, Oregon. Uh, Why did they go for two? Who did you pick for this one again? I picked the Devils. The Sun Devils. And who did they lose to? The Beavs. The Beavs. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they go for two, man? Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis. A great combo. with Gary <laughs> Jesus. Think of these two better coaches. Uh well we lost thirty five thirty four, and then uh, so we got Jaden Daniels coming back this week. Yep. So solid for Arizona State. Obviously um, not. <laughs> but I mean, like I told you, once we finish stats, I'll get into that. But uh, Jaden Daniels twenty four thirty six three thirty four three touchdowns zero interceptions. So a true freshman, he's still doing pretty good out there, even though yeah. they lose. Yeah, he did. All right. I think the biggest problem is is this rushing attack. You know, Benjamin, fifteen carries, seventy yards. Had a um, case of the fumbles. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> like it's um, the flu. He had a case of the fumbles. But another thing we need to get into is Jake Lutton, Luton, however you pronounce his name. We talked about him a few weeks ago, and yep. he said he looked pretty solid. And then we talked about him, I think, last week or the week before, and he said, yeah, he looks okay. I think he's coming on, putting on strong fifth-year senior performance at the end of the year to try to get some looks for the NFL. He's he's doing what he can to get his looks at the NFL. I think he right now, as he stands, I think he's a fourth or fifth round talent. Um, yeah, I mean he's gonna get onto a practice squad at least. Oh yeah, he'll he'll he's he's not gonna go work in corporate America. He's gonna go work in the NFL uh, somewhere, whether it's practice squad or he could even be a backup. You know, like uh, if Chicago gets their head out of their ass and actually <laughs> drafts a quarterback, yeah. Well, this was the NFL podcast. It's all about NFL. Jesus Christ, man! I can't even plug it a little bit. Come on, dude. <laughs> It's uh, football. Jake Lutton, 26-35, 288, four touchdowns, no interceptions. That's the key right there, no interceptions. Yeah. Um, Artavis Pierce, 16 carries, 63 yards. Jamar Jefferson, 14-32. I will say this about this game. Um, kind of a little stat here for you. You can get a little boner. Very clean game. Um, other than yeah, Surprisingly, because it was a Pac-12 officiated game, too. That's just even more. Yeah, it, very clean game, very hard-fought game. Uh, turnovers. Definitely the story in this game. Arizona State lost, uh, had two turnovers. Oregon State had one, both fumbles. Um, I definitely think that's the story of the game. I think the biggest story of this game that we can take away is if Arizona State just ties the game and goes to overtime, I think we're talking about a different outcome. Oh, yeah. Her, 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 one thing her members is good at is close games and managing them and coaching them. I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure it's Marvin Lewis telling him, hey, go for two. I'm a shitty coach. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I hate Marvin Lewis, if you can't tell. But um, another thing we'll get into is Brandon Ayuk, uh, Arizona State receiver and returner. Yep. Receiving, he had 10 receptions, 173 yards. Returning, he had a pump return for a touchdown. Yep. Dude is dangerous. I don't think he gets enough respect um, from outside commentators and from outside mentions. He is actually a, a solid returner. Yeah. With just deadly speed. Um, Isaiah Hodgins, probably one of the best receivers in the nation. Uh, six receptions, 93 yards, one touchdown. I haven't looked that. up the nation stats for uh, receiving yards, but I know last time I looked at him, he was in the top 10. Yeah, he um, definitely solidifying himself as a very efficient wide receiver. Um, first, second round talent. Good kid. And. Uh, 
I think he's a freshman or sophomore too. I can't remember. Yeah, so he he's got time to develop. Can you click on his name? I'm already on to the next. Okay, well, I might have it too. So now we'll go on to our final game at USC and Cal. All right, buddy. Um, Get into this game. And uh, this is is something that I haven't been able to do yet. Talk about your team's winning. Yeah. um, So I picked USC this week. My bad. I picked Cal this week. You picked USC. So you came out on top with the picks on that one. (laughs) Woohoo! USC looked like how they should have looked against BYU, Washington, Notre Dame, and all these other teams like Colorado that they've barely beat or have lost to. Um, Keaton Slovis, 29-35, 406, four touchdowns, no interceptions. Just a deadly true freshman, one of the most accurate in the nation, uh, especially as a true freshman, which is quite amazing. Uh, Keenan Kristen, nine carries, 44 yards. They got Stephen Carr back for uh, this game finally, with nine carries, nineteen yards. Oh, excuse me, I got the hiccups. Nine carries, nineteen yards, one touchdown. Uh, but Michael Pittman Jr. just absolutely destroyed this Cal secondary. This Cal secondary was one of the best coming in this season. Uh, kind of looked all right and good at different spurts. Um, but Michael Pittman Jr. just absolutely destroyed them, tore them apart. Eleven receptions, one hundred eighty yards. One touchdown. And then you have the true freshman basketball star, Drake London. Six receptions, 111 yards, one touchdown. Um, just, I mean, I don't know how you can stop Michael Pittman Jr. at this point. It's just tearing apart teams that have solid defenses and secondaries and making them look like they're high school secondaries. Um, I know we watched three quarters of it before we started prepping for recording. Uh, and then we'll go, we'll go into Cal. Uh, when Cal had Chase Garbers in, they looked really good. Uh, he was 4'10", 33 yards until he got hit. I don't know if he injured the shoulder or if he went to concussion protocol. Uh, I, I don't, they didn't really announce what his injury was once he was on the sideline. But uh, Devon Monster came in, 11 of 22, 95 yards and two interceptions. Just a different monster than we saw last week um, against – who did they play? Washington State, yeah, right? Yeah, they played Washington State yeah. last week. Just a completely different monster uh, monster that we saw last week, that we saw this week. Well, he had he had a career week last week against Washington State. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Though, it's like it's just completely different for some reason. Kind of. Um, USC has talent. That's something that we've always talked about and always agreed on is that USC has talent. And so when you put Monster against. Yeah, because Washington State has the least amount of talent in the back. Yeah, game. you put him up against a talented defense, and it, it showed tonight. And this is something that I told you at halftime. I was like, dude, let's just start recording. USC is going to run away with this game. So so then uh, we got Cal's rushing. Oh, my bad. Let me finish the stats real quick. Jeez. Uh, you, got, you want to fight or what? <laughs> I'll rushing. throw this microphone at you. I'll throw blows with you. I'm not my uh, son. I'll, I'll beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, Deshaun Collins, uh, 15 carries, 103 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty good rushing attack for Cal. Just a terrible passing attack once they lost Chase Garbers. Um, and then Evan Weaver being Evan Weaver for the Cal defense, just absolutely destroying. 14 total tackles, uh, half a tackle for loss, eight solo tackles, and then he deflected a, a pass too. And then two interceptions for USC. And that's that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> all right. And then a fumble re- 
fumble recovery by Isaiah Palomao. Yeah, I, USC, I think, is uh, – they're finally starting to figure out the second half of a football game. Uh, they're starting to put together – what it means to not only just win the first quarter like they did against ASU last week is winning the second half. And anybody who's followed football for more than a week knows that winning in football, you have to win. You you have to win the third and fourth quarter. And if you can't win third and fourth quarter, I don't care how many points you put up in the first or second quarter that come down to the end, it, it's going to be a dog fight. So, you know, kudos to USC. They're still in the hunt. Um, you know, if Oregon trips up, uh, they they could take them. So. Yeah, so uh, kind of going to USC news since we went to Nebraska news already. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Mike Bone finished his first week as the lead director for USC. Uh, very approachable dude from what all the reports are coming out saying. Uh, embraces the fans, embraces the media, uh, just loves – everything with USC athletics it just seems to be an actual great hire I know it's only been one week but he just seems to be a way different person than Lynn Swan and Pat Hayden um, so get into your theory about Clay Helton it, you kind of touched on when we were watching the game about the banquet and all that like kind of touch in on that and go into depth about that so um there's a I I can't remember exactly what it is um, but it's some type of like banquet or, or like is it, formal. Is it like like the uh, awards banquet? No, I don't think it's that. Um, it's like it's like pretty much like boosters and alumni and stuff like that. I, I can't remember exactly what it is. I'd have to l- actually go through and look it up. But anyways, it's this big type of banquet slash formal type thing, uh, I believe, that USC has, and it's usually like I think at the end of the season or like a couple weeks after it. It's not usually right after the last game, and so. This year, it's literally right after the UCLA game, which if you don't know, the UCLA game is the last game of the season for yeah. USC besides the bowl game. It's the day after, so it's that Sunday. Um, so a lot of pretty much what has come out is is that that is pretty much sealed Clay Helton as he is leaving, and they're going to bring in the new coach during that time, or they're going to announce him at least during that time. Uh, but everything else that I've read um, – they haven't actually, from what people are understanding, they haven't come out and actually told Clay Helton you're fired. So he still thinks he's – I mean, I don't know how you could think you still have a job, but pretty much that UCLA game should be his last game, and the next coach should be in during those 15 practices for the for that bowl season and should coach the bowl game to try and save this recruiting class. So do you um, think that head coach already knows that he has a job? I – I would say everything is pretty much set up. I just think that it's just working out um, the final numbers and figuring out um, what he wants. Okay. Uh, So do you think that if we get to the point of we get to the banquet, we get through the UCLA game, and – we go to the banquet, and Clay Helton's still the coach. Does he come back next year? So pretty much everyone says if 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 it doesn't happen after two days to a week, it should happen after like no more than two days after the the game that he's he's staying next year. Um, I don't think he stays. 
Mike Bone has kind of like eluded in a sense to pretty much where he he he's fired, but he hasn't fired Clay Helen. Um, but the way he kind of talks about the football program and he is in his, in his social media, it's just a subject I don't think he wants to touch right now because it still needs to finish out the season. Yeah, I I think and what he just took over. I think what you guys are in are the same situation that Nebraska was in at the end of the Mike Riley tenures because we fired our athletic director right after that game that you and me watched actually in Europe that we lost to uh, – what I think it was like Nevada or something. It was some stupid-ass team that we lost to. I remember I looked at you and I was like, Mike Riley's done. And we fired our athletic director. We hired Bill Moose. And then he let Mike Riley finish out the season. And then right after the Iowa game – I think it was like an hour after that game went final. It came all out on Twitter that Mike Riley was fired. He literally walked yeah. back into the locker room, and Bill Moose came up to him and was like, I'm sorry, but you're done. Like, you're gone. And at yeah, that I, point, the, the coaching search went on, and after Scott Frost won the American Conference with UCF, it came out that we had hired Scott Frost. So Yeah, I think um – the biggest thing with with USC though, and like I, I like you said, I think it's kind of situ- same situation as Nebraska, where Nebraska, Nebraska knew they were bringing in Scott Frost pretty much. It was just all but sealed. It it was all on if Scott Frost would take it because we were also looking exactly. at uh, we were looking at him and we were looking at a few other dudes. I can't even tell you their names because if you were a fan during that time, there was only one name on your book, and that was Scott Frost. Exactly, that's so all that, you wanted. I, and I, I think that's why USC and Nebraska are kind of we're kind of in the same situation because the the one name that USC wants and is absolutely going for is, is Urban Meyer. At least the fan base yep. is going for it. And I think the biggest thing with that is you need to bring him in one to save the recruiting class because this recruiting class I think is ranked seventy seventh in the nation, which is the worst that it's been ever in the history of U- USC. Because last year was the worst class it had. Excuse me of all time and it was ranked like 20th or something like that it's just a terrible class and you bring in someone like urban meyer and it changes the whole thing every player in the nation knows who urban meyer is yep and all the top recruits know that he can win and build a winning program so that'll say the recruiting class it'll start to keep the kit the talent in california in california like pete did back in the day where he made it cool to go to go and stay in california and play for usc because you were gonna win and you're gonna go to the NFL and, and make money. I just think pretty much if they don't get Urban Meyer, they need Urban Meyer to come out and say publicly that he does not want the job. And I think one thing, one major thing where it kind of leads to maybe Urban Meyer will take the job is when they brought up Notre Dame and they brought up the Cowboys coaching job, he came out and said no. But every time they keep – because everyone and their mother knows that USC fans are petitioning and rallying for Urban Meyer. He has not said anything about it. He has not denied it. He's not said that he would not take it or anything like that. And I just think (coughs) – my bad. I think if the USC does not land him, that he needs to come out and say, hey, I do not want this job. Not be like a, oh, USC didn't come to me and give me an offer type thing. Because if that happens, then USC is going to be – or a lot of fans are going to be pretty upset depending on who the coaches. Some of the candidates, though – um, that they've talked about other than Urban Meyer, P.J. Fleck, which I don't think he's going to come because he's a massive buyout at this point. Well, that and he just extended his contract. That's so. what I'm saying. He's a massive buyout. 
um, the Baylor coach, uh, Mark Rule, who's done a great job with that program. Uh, and people keep bringing up Matt Campbell from Iowa State. And I don't think he's a bad coach, but I just don't think he's the same caliber as the rest of the coaches that are in the conversation. He, no, he shouldn't even be in USC, USC, UCLA, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Penn State, those kind of schools. You need elite coaches. You oh, need, my bad. And then the other coach they brought up is James Franklin. He's not leaving. Yeah, so I mean, he's not leaving. It's just, it's, it's they're ranked number nine in the country. They're not, he's not leaving. Well, I get that, but I just think it's, it's one of those things where they need to come out and be kind of uh, transparent in, in at least the Urban Meyer. They're not going to be transparent until Clay Helton is not wearing the headset anymore. That's when you're going to start hearing, you're going to start hearing those things. Clay Helton will get fired on a Monday, and Tuesday and Wednesday, you guys are going to be hearing reports out of everywhere about this is what they offered me. They haven't approached me yet. Urban Meyer is going to say something on a national platform, and then on Thursday, you guys will hire the coach, and then you guys will have your little banquet on Friday night. That's what I see happening because that's what – Sunday. Yeah, I mean, well, okay. Well, I mean, that's what happened with Nebraska. Scott Frost didn't say a word, and there was so many people being like, is Scott Frost being offered while Mike Riley was still our coach? And then it came down to Mike Riley was fired on Monday, and on Tuesday, this person was offered, this person was offered, oh, this is what we're looking at. Scott Frost got offered. Scott Frost didn't say a word because that's the type of person Scott is. And then it broke on Saturday afternoon, in the fourth quarter with six minutes to go in his game that Scott Frost had accepted the job at Nebraska. So that's what I see happen with USC. Nobody's going to say anything until Clay Helton clears out his office. So Yeah, and then the um, the other thing, too, is USC's men's basketball has looked phenomenal. This yeah, this season. isn't that's a basketball a, podcast. All right, let's well, get it's into it. It's going to turn into one once the football season ends. So. <laughs> we'll even cover bowling for you. Oh, Jesus. The rifle team. Yeah. Go bigger. Well, you wanted to cover bowling, so we'll cover bowling <laughs> <to> this. <laughs> All right. No, no, water polo. I said water polo. Well, let's 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 do that. There's not a I mean USC is dominating that it's still number one in the nation right now in water polo, so Yeah, I I couldn't even tell you if Nebraska even has a water polo team. They probably don't. They probably just have like a fishing team or something instead. <laughs> We'd dominate at it. <laughs> Go fishing with me. I'll show you how a husker fucking fishes. All right, so you know how to hook line and sinker? Yeah, I know how to do everything when it comes to fishing. All right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Says so a single guy as my wife sleeps. All right. So, week thirteen, <laughs> let's get into predictions. Oregon, Arizona State. Oregon. Oregon. All day, Oregon. As much as I hate to say it, because I love my Devils. Oregon takes that one. They take a big. All right. Tucson, Arizona. We got Utah coming into Tucson. Uh, Utah. I got Utah as well. All right. All right. I think this is where we start seeing yeah, differently. Be a rough week. All right. Stanford. Uh, we got California coming in. Uh, time has not been announced. Time has not been announced for any of these Pac-12 games. Yeah, yet. they 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 usually don't announce until the week of for uh, this part, especially for the Pac-12 because there's no strong teams. Yeah, they usually put them on at like midnight. So, all right, yeah, California, Stanford. Um. Uh, Man, I 
honestly don't know who to choose, so I'm going to go with Cal. I'm going Stanford. I think that uh, home field advantage. All right. Coming up here, coming up into the mile high, Washington, Colorado, and Boulder. Who are you taking? Man, it was Washington Washington team. Barely beat an Oregon State team. And Colorado has been pretty good at home. So I'm gonna go with Colorado. Quick question. Are you gonna be are you are you going to Kansas this weekend? This upcoming uh, yeah, weekend. This upcoming weekend, yeah. Fuck. I was gonna say, man, we should go to this game. Seventeen bucks. Have you ever been to the stadium? No. Never been. It's not bad. It's just That's like what I'm saying. Like I would love to go, but you're going to fucking Kansas. All right. I'm taking Col- I'm I'm taking Washington. Okay. Taking U dub. Their uh their student section is called seeing it. It's kinda of funny, but I mean uh, they're all gay anyway. All right. Oregon State, Washington State, and Pullman, Washington. This is gonna be the hard one. Um because I root for Oregon State, I think they can win. But I think Washington State has too big, too good of an offense. Dude, this is where our predictions are going fork in the road. Because I'm taking the beeves, man. Hey, I, I I applaud you. I'm taking the beeves. All right. This is it. Big game. Everyone wears their home unis because everyone's home. Red and blue game. UCLA, USC. It's in the Coliseum. I USC's been his, pretty good historically under Clay Helen at home. So I'm going to rock USC. Yep, go Trojans. Taking USC. Tickets are But then again, UCLA was like only had two or three wins last year when they came when they played USC and they ended up beating them. So I God only knows how this Dude, one one gonna team go. could be 0 and 11, one team could be 11 and 0. This game's going to be close. Yeah. Cuz 75% of the kids playing on that field played each other in high school. They know each other. It's one of the greatest rivalries in college football. So I, I'm taking the Trojans. I I would love to root for Chip Kelly on this one, but I, I think the Trojans have too much talent on the field. Plus, it's in the Coliseum. That stadium is so going to be I, rocking. I have a, a win loss record now of 22 wins and six losses with the picks, and you have a 19 and nine record. So I think this week should be quite interesting on how this turns out. Oh yeah, dude, it's going to go one way or another, dude. I. I did not realize I was picking completely against you. Like, I think all of our picks went against each other except for the big ones. Yeah, obviously the, the no-brainers were. Yeah, like the toss-up ones, we, we went against each other on all of them. And I'm not it, – it wasn't – I wasn't just picking against you. I literally typed these out before we started recording of my picks of who I was <laughs> taking. And I, I'm going with a few upsets. Um, I think the biggest one that I, I'm really looking forward to is that Illinois game. I, I – I'm excited about. I, I root for Illinois, so I mean, if they win, they win. I, I'll be happy for them. But, well, I, I'm rooting for it because I want my picks to be better than you because I'm a competitive asshole. So, I mean, you're either going to do way better than me, or you're going to do way worse than me. <laughs> it's probably the latter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so uh, next week we'll probably have to record on Sunday night or Monday, whatever you want to do. No, uh, we w- let's do Sunday night. We'll, we'll get back together and we'll we'll revisit all this. Yeah, because um. What should we call it? Because you, you have work, so it's not going to work out. Because I'd have to record during the day on Mondays. So. Dude, we start work at 8.30. Dude, don't tell people your freaking Army secrets. Come on now. <laughs> I, hey, be jealous. I start work at 8.30. I'm off at 11. Every day. 
I lived that life at one point. I remember my first deployment. So do I. I came back from <laughs> Europe and fucking went right back to work. All right. I'm enjoying it right now. Don't hate on me. Don't hate on me. But nah, man, it's uh, it was a good week. Um, one thing I won't touch is the injury. That's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to touch it. Everyone else has touched it. Uh, one thing I do want to discuss is college football playoff. Who are your top four teams? So let me go into our Word document to see if anything's going to change. Oh, dude, we boloed the fuck out of our picks. You had Oregon. I had Oklahoma as a number four. Yeah, I, I'm so I'm keeping mine the same. I have Ohio State number one, LSU number two, Clemson number three, and Oregon number four. I'm taking. So I'm 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 choosing the ones I think should be in the college football playoff. I'm not choosing what they're going to choose. No, I, no. What I'm talking about when I do these picks is what do you think the committee is going to choose? That's what I want. Oh no, I don't. I, All right. So what is the committee going to choose? It's going to be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and probably Georgia or Alabama. Knowing that, knowing the committee. Pick one. Uh, I'm gonna say Georgia. So they, they just clinched the SEC East. Okay. I'm going LSU. I'm going OSU. Clemson. Oregon. I think Oregon finally breaks in. I think that they put Georgia at number five. So I'm just gonna keep the picks of what we had them last week, and then we'll just. We already know that LSU is number one. LSU is number two. Oh, the top three are are pretty much set. We're pretty much predicting. Yeah, who they're, they're not. They're not going to change unless one of them loses. No. So you're taking Georgia. I'm taking Oregon. Right. Um. So, let's see here. So one thing that we did before that we stopped doing was our any given Saturday game of the week. Oh yeah, noticed, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You are absolutely and, correct, sir. Yeah, and I noticed that, and uh. We, we have no one that emails us, so we don't – no one's ever complained about it, but I'm just going to state. Um, what do you think the game will be? I'll let you choose first this time. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Let You're me welcome. go into week 13. Let me see what we got here. Um, I don't know. Alabama's got a pretty tough game. <laughs> Western Carolina. <laughs> Uh oh, Auburn! They got a barn burner against Samford. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna stick with it. It's a top twenty-five matchup. Other team is unranked. Nah, it's not really an upset. Pick your team. I was gonna say Iowa, Illinois, but I don't. I don't think so. Oh man, this is a tough one. This is a. Tough Our listeners don't want to listen to you complain. They want to know what. All right, then pick, pick one, asshole. You want me to pick? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, SMU and Navy. Oh, dude, way to take the easy way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to take. You t I let you pick first, too, but you told me to go. Nah, because uh, it's just tough, man. Like, there's really no good games. All you're doing is guessing. All right. There's a couple other ones you could choose. I mean, you got A&M, Georgia. Just pick a team. Just pick a damn game, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're making the show drag on. It doesn't need to drag on. All right, yeah. Illinois, Iowa. Okay, that's what, that's what I'm taking. I'm taking Illinois over Iowa. So, what would you say are any given Saturday game of the week was this week? This week? Uh, yes. I don't know. Right. 
There was really no big upsets. Yeah, there wasn't really upsets, but I mean, we can. Um, let's see here. LSU dominated, so that's yeah. not anything. Alabama dominated. Georgia barely beat Auburn. It's Auburn though. Number twelve team rank. They also. I guess, I guess really, the biggest contender so far is Iowa. Yep, Iowa beat Minnesota, but they were favored, so you can't really say that was an upset. That's what I'm saying, though. Uh, South Florida almost beat Cincinnati. Oh, here we go. Iowa State. That's the game right there. Absolutely. Iowa State beating Texas. and Or West Virginia beating Kansas State, whatever one you want to look at. I'd say West Virginia over Kansas State. West Virginia has looked like a shit team. And they come out and they beat a Kansas State team who's been shit hot. So I think that would be our any given Saturday game of the week. So you hear your folks, our any given Saturday game of the week this week, even though the games already happened, was West Virginia versus Kansas State. Yep. Even though Iowa State barely beat Texas by a field goal, but Texas also looked pretty bad this year. Uh, and then our picks next week, we've already said. Um, so you uh, you talked about the content at the beginning. What else have you done this week? Not shit. <laughs> no, I went to the concert and then um, just worked. You know, the rest of the battery got back, so just been trying to get all that set up. And uh, getting ready for my boy Key coming back. Can't wait. Right. Well, I have to have him as a guest one of these one of these days. Oh, he already said like that first week that he's back, he wants to come on. He wants to he wants to be on here. So I'm like, hell yeah, dude, come on. Uh, he needs he needs to be somewhat uh, accurate with his information. So I have to keep fact checking. Oh, people. dude, your keyboard is going to be lighting <laughs> on fire, man. I I fucking love Key, but Jesus. That man. Yeah, we, so our other uh, big guest was is Big Joe, which we gotta figure out a time and that works. It's for never him. gonna happen. It's never I, like as, I dude. I love my PL, but he's never gonna show up ever. Oh, he's going to. He's the the main time. I'll text him this week. I wanted to show up is Army Navy week. Oh, Army Navy that, week. Yes, because that's the only game that week. It's literally the only football game on that week. So we have well, to have him on. That, yes. Um, but that that whole week at West Point is pretty awesome to to kind of see and um, hear about. So I definitely want to hear it from a player's perspective. And why not have the All American best offensive lineman in the nation, <laughs> Big Joe, come in and uh, talk to us about it? Yeah, I like I said, I keep bugging him about it. He listens. He said that he he listens every week. He I don't know if he listens this far, and if he does, I. Give me, give me a quarter. If you listen this far, give me a quarter just to prove out of context, completely out of context. Next week, sir, just give me a quarter. That's all I want. I don't care if it's yeah. So I'll give him a text this week, and you talk to him. But uh, that Army Army Navy week is definitely oh when we're gonna yeah. We have to have him on. Uh, We gotta have we gotta have old Birdman Michael on, and. Yeah, we got to have him on, and then, uh, I don't know. What are you doing this week? Oh, damn. We're definitely going to have on that week because that's the last week I'm here. It's uh, December 14th is the game. Yep. So, wait, what did you ask? What have you done this week? Uh, just been working, to be honest with you. Made some pretty uh, pretty decent money. Uh, and Other than that, uh, Lugo headed to JRTC, so it's been kind of – Lonely at the house, but not too bad. Oh, your boyfriend left. Yeah, but I still got the, we still got the uh, the kids running around, so they know it's not too bad. Huh. They're always fun to to hang out with, even when they punch you in the face constantly. <laughs> but 
I know that feeling. All right. But uh, yeah, just just been hanging out. Not really doing much. I hit Loya up uh, this past week too. So yeah, he gets back on the twenty second. Yeah, he gets back next Friday. Yeah. Or this this upcoming Friday. Yeah, yeah. Pretty excited for so, him to get back. Yeah. So me, me, him, and Goody, and we'll, I'll talk to Big Joe about them trying to play some Smash Bros. Though, like old times in Kuwait. Oh yeah. All right. Well. But before we uh, before we cut out, um, I've expanded the podcast. So we're on Stitcher, Megaphone, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play now. It's a lot of things to say at once. And our Twitter handle is at NECFB. So not any even given Saturday CFB, but NECFB. You find us on Twitter. I'll definitely start working that more to get more social media working. Yep. Uh, and then our senior marketing advisor <laughs> has been slacking on the on the instagram posts and making a facebook for us so we're gonna have to work on that yeah finally got us on instagram any given saturday cfb finally have some posts up there follow us give us some likes send us some emails what do you guys want to hear us talk about what you what you guys feel like we're kind of lacking at let us know the only way we're going to get better is if you tell us what we're lacking at so and that's another thing too is all the fans that we've had this past week come in and, and listen and stuff like that i appreciate y'all appreciate all of our fans oh absolutely because with, without y'all this wouldn't be as fun as it is um but our, our email is any given saturday cfb at gmail.com like he said email us anything you want um and we'll get back to you uh let's shout you out on the podcast if you want oh absolutely yeah yeah uh if if you send us an email and drop us your name, we'll shout you out. We'll talk about it. We'll even put it at the very beginning. And uh, any questions you guys got, any kind of recommendations, we'll take it. Are any comments you see in the conferences, teams that you follow, or anything like that? Let us know. Um, SEC, we're not really a huge fan of. So I mean, if you have an SEC thing you want to put in, I guess we'll talk about it for a little bit, but yeah, I mean, I, I still watch it. I, I watch, I mean, we cover big 10 and pac 12, but I watch all football, all college football, NFL football. You have NFL questions. I don't care. Put them in. I'll give it a shout and, out. And lastly, uh, before we, we cut out the biggest thing, please give us ratings and reviews on, um, pod, the iTunes podcast, Google play podcast, any type of uh, platform you can give ratings for we appreciate the five stars uh and the reviews to go with it so like i said we're on all major platforms now you can find us on anything email us twitter and instagram and then we'll work on getting the facebook up with the senior marketing aid, uh, advisor yeah i'll go up and talk to her right now yeah <laughs> wake her up please <laughs> all right it is one forty-six a.m. Yeah. So it is a late, <laughs> late, 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 late night. Thanks to the Pac-12. Uh, I just want to say thank you to the fans and uh, thank you to Mark. All right, man. Hey, you guys have a great week. God bless and go big red. And fight on. <laughs>